0: Welcome to today's vlog. Today on what's going on in the collections industry, what collections are, and why you should care as a landlord or tenant. And uh, before I jump in, Greg, uh, you just have a quite an impressive resume. Marathon swimmer, CEO, you used to work in radio. Can you give us a little background on yourself?
1: Thank you for having me on this uh, videocast. I really appreciate it. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Greg Matinsky, and I'm the CEO of Go Beyond Collections. It's true, I do have uh, some interesting aspects to my personal life, uh, but I can tell you that, for instance, marathon swimming is something that I do to alleviate my anxiety that I get from collecting all those debts that people list with us and uh, managing the company. So it's, um, it's something that helps me in, in my career. So I, I do marathon swimming uh, in, my, in my off time and also I love collecting, so that's something you have to know. Uh, this is something that's more of a, uh, I guess it's a lifestyle, uh, not just a career. Uh, You have to think on your feet all the time. You're a collector, you learn that really fast, and it really affects every aspect of your life. Uh, Go Beyond Collection Agency started um, in 2005 with just two people, so we were a really small startup, and it has grown over the years. Uh, Now we're in our 13th I guess maybe 14th year of operation. And our our primary um, portfolios are landlord portfolios. So we collect for uh, REITs, real estate investment trusts, uh, property management firms, big and small. That's what we do for a living. And that's what my staff knows. If you wake them up in the middle of the night, they know how to read a ledger. They know how to collect a landlord tenant debt.
0: Before we kind of jump into specifics around collections, how did you end up in the business
1: i uh, met somebody that was a collector and um, i just wanted to start a business any kind of business and uh, it ended up being a collection agency i um, talked to this person and eventually we we uh, started Go beyond collections used to be called gb collection agency and um you know it's it's gone from there
0: everybody I talk to in the Canadian multi-res market knows you and knows go beyond what well, how, how big are you guys now
1: size for a collection agency depends on the number of accounts that you receive right so I would have to say that every day we get hundreds sometimes thousands of accounts from different landlords and uh, those are the accounts that we collect so that I, in terms of size that's what I can say hundreds I would say 500 to 1,000 accounts a day is what we get listed by landlords.
0: Can you just start off and just break it down for for myself and and any other viewers? What is a debt collection?
1: Everybody has people owing them or paying them monies and, and sometimes these monies are not paid on time, sometimes they're late, and sometimes they're just not paid for some reason or other. So that's fairly simple and it's been like that from the beginning of time when Money or or exchange was invented, um, and there were different techniques that people used to get their money paid. Um, I can just recall one one instance, way back. People used to have vests somewhere in the Middle East, I think, and um, they would take your vest, and if you haven't paid by the end of the day, they wouldn't give it back. So that was not good because you were cold at night. I guess that's that's the first you know sort of collection or collateral that you can see, but um, that's that's collection collection is very simple you're actually talking to somebody and trying to get them to pay what they owe and and it's definitely something they owe so you don't collect on things that is that are not owed that would be a scam collect on legitimate legitimate debts and legitimate outstanding balances and I think the misconception with collections is that people think that collectors or or collection agencies just collect anything and everything and and that's not true um we our job is not to force people to pay our job is to make people understand that the current priority for their in terms of their payments is our client that's key i mean i i could understand that some consumers have 400 debts i mean that's rare but i mean mm-hmm. five to ten debts but when we call them we will tell them well we're the first ones that are actually coming after you so you Maybe this should be your priority. So that's, and I think that's, that's the approach and, and that's what collection is.
0: If, if you look at it from a, a, a landlord tenant perspective, how, let's say I'm a tenant and uh, I end up with a collection on my credit file. Can you walk me through the process of what would have to happen for me to get a debt collection on my credit file through uh, rent default, for example?
1: Landlord tenant. Um, orders. So for instance, in Ontario, the LTB um, is not picked up on the credit bureaus. So that will not land on your credit. Um, Small claims board does. So in in one way, if a landlord tenant uh, board order lands um, in front of a paralegal or a collection agency, and it goes to a garnishment through a small claims board, then the small claims is, or small claims orders are picked up, Uh, by the credit bureaus and that will be on your credit so that's that's one way that it could go on your credit secondly um, a landlord could decide to list the account for the collection agency and in fact many landlords do list these accounts with collection agencies not only with the intent or sometimes not even with the intent of collecting them just to put it on the credit bureau and sort of play a fair game so that the next landlord knows that you know this this person has not paid an, uh, a landlord, and you know they can they can take measures before putting them in their buildings. Now, the minute that an agency gets an account, um, they they put it on their system, but they don't list it with the collect, with uh, with the credit bureaus yet. So, we try to make contact. We try to um, get people to you know come around and say, oh, you know, I got to pay this debt. And if that doesn't happen, that's when it's listed to TransUnion or Equifax. Uh, the credit bureaus. Now there are there are other providers that um, that keep track of this, but they're the main main ones.
0: Gotcha. So basically, um, as a collections agency, you would be reporting this information to the credit bureaus uh, if you had uh, gained that account.
1: Um, depends depends on the uh, on the time frame and depends on the um, on the consumer. So if if let's say we get an account today and Uh, our team calls this person and the person responds either saying, I dispute this or saying, okay, no problem. I'll pay this, or I'll make an arrangement. Then it's not put on the credit bureau. Obviously Uh, our intent is not to ruin anybody's credit. The intent is to get the the debt paid. If that doesn't happen, then unfortunately it goes on, on your credit bureau. Um, a lot of, a lot of landlords would list these accounts and this is going back to your question. Uh, probably, 60 to 90 days mostly after the debt was incurred or after they skipped the uh, the unit um, but there are some of them that would list it the next day that varies
0: okay and uh, you mentioned earlier that when a tenant has a collection on their credit file that could Prohibit them from renting another property because the new landlord, who pulls their credit file, sees that collection and sees it as a red flag. What other negative impacts does having a collection on your credit file cause? I'm assuming your credit score goes down.
1: Well, your your credit score definitely goes down. Not only uh, if we enter the debt on the credit bureau, but just if we if we as a collection agency check your credit because we're looking for you, mm-hmm. that is going to lower your credit. So you know it's. If you're if you're a tenant and you've just skipped or, or you've been evicted or you know uh, just had some issue and moved out I think the best bet is to get in touch with the agency because if you're in mm-hmm. touch with the agency all of these things can be put off uh, and resolved before it goes to the credit bureau now some people do just I mean there are people that uh, honestly um, have an issue and you can't get a hold of them and they just don't know about it. So many times right. it's just finding these people to tell them, oh, you've got an issue. And then they would say, really? Oh, I didn't know about it.
0: And, and um, there are, like you mentioned before, there are scams out there where people call and, and say they're a debt collector to you know, a tenant or, or someone. If you're, if you're a tenant or a consumer, how do you kind of make sure that you're talking to you know, an actual collections agency versus somebody that might be scamming them?
1: That's a very good question, and and we're getting a um, a few questions about that every day because if you contact somebody, uh, most people you know tend to believe what you say on the phone. But, but there are smart people who say, well, how do I know that you're legitimate? I would say the first thing is if you know that you have a debt, and this agency is calling about that debt, you know it's fairly straightforward that obviously they have. Um, I would double check as as a consumer. I would double check if there is a uh, a website for this company. I would even call the creditor and say, "Are you collecting on me with Obion or with?" And um, you know that that's a way to do it. Now I do get calls from scams myself, DRA scams, and,
0: and oh, I get them all the time too, Craig.
1: It's it's just uh, you know it's just the times that we live in, and the sad part is it does make collection agencies' life more difficult because now we have to prove that we are legitimate, which, you know, it's not really a problem, but it, you know, some people just don't pay because they think it's a scam.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: And it, then it, in reality, it's going to make their, their own life more difficult because if they don't pay their debt, then, you know, it goes on their credit.
0: Gotcha. And um, now that we understand how you get a collection on your credit file, how do you get rid of it? What's, can you walk me through the process of, you know, you get a call from a collections agency, how do you get rid of that and ensure it's off your credit file?
1: Well, I I recommend actually, um, and and my team recommends, Credit Karma to a lot of people. Credit Karma is a free service that's online. I'm sure you've you've heard of it. And uh, what people do is they sign up for it. It's free. I think it's offset by by advertising there. Yes. Uh, But it's a legitimate service. And that way you can follow your credit. Now, um, if you have uh, online banking now, it's offered, Equifax is offered, and TransUnion is offered. For different banking solutions, and, and you can even sign up with them directly. As mm-hmm. a consumer, I would I would monitor my credit all the time. Uh, but uh, I, I would just uh, make sure that if I get a call or if I if I get a letter from a collection agency, I would definitely make the call. So first thing is get in touch with the agency. Second, you know, verify the legitimacy of the debt itself because it could be that we're calling. And it could be an error on the part of the landlord. Uh, maybe they misread the ledger, which you know it's rare, but it does happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That and once that's verified, then obviously make arrangements. Um, try to pay it off. There are all kinds of solutions out there that will help you do that. Uh, even if you don't have the money now, I would say you know make make a monthly arrangement, or you could go to solutions like like Fairstone um, or you know some other companies that will help you um, you know pay off your debt. Because in the end, that's what you want to do. And if none of those work, then you know one recommendation that we give is you, know, you can always choose to go bankrupt. Uh, as much as that sounds really bad, but there are situations where you know it's advisable that you know you just clear your slate and
0: start fresh. Yeah, we've talked about from a tenant's perspective or consumer's perspective how to manage or how you would get a collection. How about from the small independent landlord perspective? If, if I own one single-family home in, in, uh, in Toronto, I rent it out to someone, and um, I end up having to evict them, unfortunately, because they default on rent, and I get a uh, small claims order saying that they do owe me money. Um, will a, a collections agency like Go Beyond take that on, or what do I do as a landlord?
1: Well, as a landlord, it's um, usually I find that larger landlords have no problem with property management firms because they know that their agencies out there, and they know how to get a hold of them and they list these accounts. Now, if you're a smaller landlord, uh, I usually find that a lot of people don't even know that they can they can do this. They can right. and um I would first as a landlord uh try to do it without an agency, as as weird as that sounds. So um an agency tries to collect the money, but obviously agencies work on commission. Um The commissions usually range from, uh, you know, anywhere from twenty-five percent to like fifty percent. So if you're a landlord and you're looking to collect that debt, um, you're going to be looking at commission deducted from it if if we collect it. So my first recommendation to a smaller landlord all the time is try and settle the account directly with with this tenant. If you know Mm -hmm. their number, know their email, make an offer because you're going to lose that money anyways when we collect it. Right so so might as well make the settlement so if let's say I charge 30% percent i will tell that uh, former tenant you know what I'll, I'll settle the account by you know I'll, for 75% so then you have 5% if you pay me today because if you've done that then the time frame has just you know closed really uh, it became really short uh, and you can recover those monies if that fails uh, then obviously you can turn to an agency I've seen Different techniques used by some landlords, and some of them are ingenious. I mean, I've seen, I've seen landlords actually paying for tenants to get out uh, because they figured out that it was costing them less to pay the tenant to get out than to go to court and do the whole shenanigans. Yeah, so I, I think you should you should try to resolve it in a in a how should I say like an old school fashion to say okay let's agree on something and and then move on. And if that doesn't work, then turn to an agency, but I think you should put a timeline to it. Mm -hmm. If you're a landlord and you've you've managed to evict somebody, and even though sometimes it takes like six months to get rid of, then put a timeline to it and say, okay, if it's not gonna happen in 30 to 60 days or 90 days, you pick your timeline, then then move on. But I just wanted to say one more thing uh, regarding this. As we're talking about bad tenants, um, I know that in our industry, it's a sort of like a catchphrase like oh my god these bad tenants i i hate it i hate them but realistically bad tenants are only probably two two to three percent of the, the whole population of tenancies so tenants are great most tenants are great and even the tenants that go into default most of them are good people uh they just can't pay their debt there are some professional tenants that as as they call them professional tenants that that's what they do they they have debts and they move on and they leave you high and dry but most tenants are good so don't let your experience of a you know a bad tenant ruin ruin it for you
0: if a collection is paid by a tenant let's say and they settle everything up it's removed from their credit file is that collection like stricken from their credit file is it still impacting their credit score
1: yes and no when a tenant is not paying and is reported to the credit bureau and they're collected on this this issue obviously hit their credit bureau and it will have to be unreported once it's paid now unreporting from the credit bureaus um, can be done in different ways and most of the time what happens is your credit bureau is updated so let's say you settle the account it will show that you had a debt to Let's say another uh, X Y landlord mm-hmm. you paid it, so it will show and stay on there for a while, and it will still be visible for a landlord to see. If um, if the company or the, the the agency is willing to say, okay, if you pay it, we'll remove it, that can also be done, so it can actually be stricken from from the file. Mm-hmm. But there are certain regulations and and certain things in the contracts with. TransUnion and Equifax where this is you know, this is controlled what you can do and what you cannot do so the the typical answer would be unfortunately if you had a debt it will show a zero balance after you paid it but you know it's gonna stay on there for a while after which it will disappear um, if if you find an agency that's willing to go a little beyond that and some agencies do then you know, it can actually be removed from your credit file And it won't affect your credit one of the things that um, that was really interesting I had a discussion with a a landlord a couple of weeks ago and what he mentioned was um, it's really interesting how tenants get a bad mark when they do something bad but there's no good mark for a tenant so um, that's that's something that's gonna be the future of tenancies is that eventually you're gonna have databases where tenants are tracked with their permission if they're good tenants so you could go to a landlord and say you know what my mark as a tenant is you know 100% and I just paid all my uh, months of rent every time on time and look here's the proof and uh, I'm approved right off the bat so that that's where tendencies are gonna going I think in uh,
0: I I couldn't agree more with that Greg I, I truly believe that one of the reasons we have a ton of issues with credit reporting in the rental industry is that 80% of rentals are mom and pop owners. They own one or two units, and the market's so fragmented that, for example, Equifax, when they wanna get payment information from uh, telephone companies, there's three in Canada. They go to three, and they pay them for the data, and they've got 100% of the data. And if Equifax needed, or, or, or TransUnion needed to collect that same information, for rentals they have to go to millions of accounts to collect it and it doesn't make sense and i am a big big believer in having democratized data in the rental industry so that it's not the burden of proof is not necessarily on a tenant to prove why they're a good landlord because there's no or a good tenant because there's no data proving that or not that they're a bad tenant because there's no data proving it but to have the actual information the payment history reported up by landlords or by tenants into one database that people can kind of separate themselves and prove that here is the evidence here's the verifiable information of my historical payments and i'm going to be a good tenant moving forward that's one of the things our company's looking to achieve that's for okay, sure there you
1: go and you know uh, and I, I have to um, give credit where credit is due the when we were talking uh, it was uh, aj kelty uh from varsity that mentioned this we're talking about it. And basically the vision um, of the future is you're a tenant, you go to university, you finished university, you were lodging somewhere, right? Um, right away, you already have some sort of information on you that says, okay, you've, you've rented you know, the student residence. Mm-hmm. Uh, right after you're done, you already have a file and you agreed to have this file. So at least you have to agree to it. The minute you move out of university, this file is already forwarded by some platform to the tenant uh, to the landlord where you're going to be renting. So you, you say that I want to go to Kingston, we'll go to Kingston, but already there are landlords there that know that you exist, and they say, would you like to come to us? Because you're, All you have to do in the future is probably click a button and go, yeah, I'm accepting this one and I want my key. You don't even have to have your key, it could be digital. Then you can just walk up to your new unit, you know, enter the code and you're in. Go on and go on to the extent that by the end of your uh, you know, sort of young, young years or, or formative years, when, you, when you're renting, you could even uh, move on to a mortgage where the mortgage provider is gonna be waiting for you, saying, oh, you're a great payer, here's a mortgage for you, would you like this house? And you'd say, yes, I would like it. You choose it, pick it, and you're, you're moving into the house.
0: I fall into that category right now myself where um, I pay a significant amount of money every single month to my landlord for rent, and there's no benefit on from from uh, from the credit bureau's perspective to me doing this information is not retained and so when i go to get my first mortgage to buy a home likely never here in toronto because because it's too expensive but when i do if i do that information is not there even though i've paid my rent on time and like tens of thousands of dollars over the last you know five ten years but that information is not recorded and i Companies like short-term rentals like Airbnb, they figured it out. You have somebody turn over in a day or two, and there's an automatic rating, and there's a plethora of ratings both on the on the tenant and on the landlord that's hosting or the hosts and and, the yes. and we can't do that in the rental industry right now because they're 12-month lease terms. The average length of tenancy is three and a half years. So if I'm a landlord and every three and a half years, I, I hit a hit a number saying this person's four to five stars. There's just not enough data available to verify that tenant being a good tenant or vice versa a tenant doing this for the landlord so there has to be a solution
1: in the end it's going to be something it's going to be information positive and negative that you'll carry with you like a credit bureau but it's not going to be a credit bureau as as in a database kept somewhere
0: else it's going to be something you're carrying with you mm-hmm. virtually right so that's like that's a broader topic that we could probably talk about for hours but Specifically for the debt collections industry right now, I've been dying to ask you this question. Um, I just read an article that was published on the Bureau of Labor Statistics in the U.S. saying that there's going to be a three percent decline in debt collection jobs over the next ten years, mostly due to automation with technology. From your perspective, what impact is technology going to have on on your business and the debt collection business in general?
1: Well, it definitely will, and is already having a. a, a, a An impact on our business Uh, number one like I said the credit karma one of the first examples the minute that we list accounts on the credit bureau uh, I mean people start calling in, and that didn't used to happen because you would list it with TransUnion and Equifax and if the person was savvy enough to check their credit you know then then they might find out that there's some issue but uh, credit karma has made it of in your face you know the minute that something goes on your credit you get it in an email mm-hmm. and you, see, you know something's happening so they call in so that's that's just one of the one of the smaller aspects of this but uh, or one of the smaller impacts uh, the bigger impact is gonna come from uh, in my opinion at least it's gonna come from automation uh, mm-hmm. artificial intelligence uh, chatbots bots. Um Those are the things that that will revolutionize our industry, and it is revolutionizing or are revolutionizing our industry, <clears throat> for instance um, AI one of the things that it does is it can now scroll through the conversations of collectors and consumers and pinpoint to to uh, collectors what they 've done wrong or right on a call now this is done in a format where you you're analyzing the past <clears throat> however what what is beginning to happen is this is beginning to happen live so the collection system is getting to the point where it will tell the collector that this kind of consumer needs to have one more push like it's going to analyze and it, it will it'll get to the point where literally you get aid, aids on the screen that will help you with you know aspects of actually conducting the collection call um, other aspects of artificial intelligence are uh, things like supervision of accounts. So, in a collection agency, big or small, you have a certain number of collectors and artificial intelligence could actually tell the supervisor or the agency who are the better collectors or better fit for certain types of accounts. Mm-hmm. So, those are things that are changing the landscape. <clears throat> and, I mean, just going back to Interac email money transfer, the day that came in, checks became obsolete. We no <laughs> longer have received checks. So, you know, now we get everything by, by Interact email money transfer and by different uh, platforms. So it's just, it's just changing a lot. And, yeah, I, I could definitely see a drop in collection agent numbers. I wouldn't see 3%. I would probably see more, more than more than 10%. But, I mean, that's just a guess. A guess. Yeah.
0: Great words of advice, Greg. I really appreciate uh, the time you've given us today and the insights you've given us into the collections world. So Greg, thanks a lot again for, uh, for joining me today.
1: Thank you.